Gearheads Podcast. And lights out and away we go! Welcome to the Gears Head Podcast, a weekly one. And this podcast, we dive into all the things about sim racing and a pinch of salt in motorsport. In today's episode, we'll talk about all the new things on this month, what you're going to bring us in terms of game release, in terms of news, and of course, esport. But that's not all. We're going to have some exciting guests, Alex Rizzoli, British and Greek, 22 years old, racing driver, sim racing, and host of a great podcast, RWR Relax with Rizzoli. So buckle up and join me on this exciting journey through the world of sim racing and let's heel toe and dive into this corner because we are Ving Gears Head. Before we jump on the interview with Alex Rizzoli, let me just say that I have dropped a new YouTube video where me, the world worth sim racing, yeah, I'm the world worth sim racing and that title nobody can take away from me. Take a go on Indy 500 with a F1 car. Super tricky, being robbed and a yellow flag, believe me. And of course, the AI and Automobilista 2, you know, is unforgivable. And that's been a, bring us always good races. So if you want to see it, get ready to witness the world worst in racing. Take ahead on Indy 500 in F1 car. But let's, but let's jump straight away in this amazing interview with Alex Rizzoli. Alex, I could stay here and talk a lot of things about him i could introduce him on amazing ways but i think the conversation will give you a hint on this talk we talk about sim racing we talk about motorsport talk about his dreams we talk about mental health and how that affects our new generation and a lot of things more so so buckle up and get ready so buckle up and get ready for this amazing guest So guys, today we have with us Alex Rizzoli Lambropoulos, half British, half Greek, but I have to ask you, there exists yeah. a stint of Italian on your name from the Rizzoli? Uh, it's, uh, ironically, that bit's actually the made up bit. Uh, that's the bit that I nicked from a TV show that I was obsessed with a couple of oh, years okay. ago. So that's, that, that's <laughs> the bit that I've nicked, but the, the Greek bit is uh, very much Greek. <laughs> Okay, yeah, I, I don't know why, you know, I, I, Rizzoli sounds so Italian is, that yeah, I, I have to Italian. ask if you, have, <laughs> if you have a background. But you are a man of many talents. You are a racing driver. I don't know what your license, but which license you're driving now? Uh, it's just, uh, I've just got my normal sort of odds license at the moment. So it just allows me oh, to okay. do track days and, and stuff like that and race okay. if I get the budget. Okay, but you are a second generation, as you can call, from racing driver, yeah. your father. Drive touring cars. I guess, uh, uh, right, yeah, but Formula Ford, so it was only very, very small, uh, like, very small when it came up. It is already, you know, yeah. you know. <laughs> you, if, if you realize, we have, a, 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 uh, you see a lot of people say, oh, I'm a professional uh, racing driver, but a lot of them, they just do the until 60 years old cards. You know, it happens a lot in Portugal, oh, I was a racing driver, but they do they don't cards. So yeah. everyone will take a little bit. But you have a podcaster, Relax with Rizzoli, mm-hmm. that is doing very well. You are already in the third season. Thank you do sim, sim racing, you do motorsport photographer, so you are a little bit everywhere. Yeah, yeah, I've, uh, I've certainly picked up a few a few things in the, in, in the trade over the past couple of years. I've uh, I, essentially just anything I can get my hands into, um, whether that's sim racing or actual driving or just doing photography or just being at the track um, to support my mates. 
um, who, who were racing, um, which I did a couple of weeks ago at Alton Park for British GT, um, which was which was brilliant. My uh, my best mate, Spider-Man, shout out to him. He's okay. uh, Tom Holland, I should say. Uh, Spider-Man, that's his nickname. Um, he uh, got uh, his first ever win in British GT in his first race. Uh, in GT, GT4 yeah. so um, that was awesome to be there and experience that with his family but uh, yeah I just try and get my hands into anything and uh, in motorsport that's amazing but tell me a little bit about the, that racing heritage so you say your father do touring car F4 anything that he you done with you with you or you um, just so mainly we've done a little bit of, of karting and stuff like that so my dad okay. um, he's a first generation kind of um, migrant he came he's Greek uh, he came over here when he was about 18, 19 uh, around around that age uh, and he lived in Leeds uh, very close to where I am now actually um, which is very very weird to think about Uh, he then went into I think it was Formula Ford 1600 or Formula Ford uh, back in the 80s And essentially, he, he did a couple of races. I actually have a picture uh, on my phone that you sent me of like a proper old picture uh, of my dad with his with his Formula car, which is very, very cool. And yeah, he kind of, he had to do everything himself. So he didn't really have a team. He was just him. So he actually used to keep the cart in his shed uh, at the bottom of his um, uh, garden uh, with the student houses. Uh, in Leeds, and then he had to transport himself. He was the mechanic as well. He was he was everything. So it's uh, it was quite expensive as um, uh, as well, which was uh, yeah, not not the best thing for a Greek. Um, you know, money money is not a strong suit. Uh, but yeah, in, uh, I, I'm, I'm Portuguese, so I I, I, I know yeah, 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 we, yeah. <laughs> we we share the same problems. Our countries we share a little bit the same the same yeah, problems, yeah. Uh, unfortunately. Yeah, they do, but um, yeah, fingers crossed. That's what that's what I'm trying to share. I'm trying to get a lot more uh, kind of viewership. I'm trying to uh, blow the world of motorsport up in Greece. I'm trying to get a lot more supporters over there, something like that, because it's it's not very big in Greece. You know, there's only a couple of circuits. There's only one big circuit in um, in Greece, which is called um, Megaris, uh, which is kind of north of Peloponnese, um, and that is FIA grade. I think it's it's grade one or something, but it's grade one for uh, Formula Three. So if Formula Three really wants okay. to go there, it, it could go it could go there. So they do like bike events and um, stuff like that. So they do that there. But yeah, my uh, my dad came over here, uh, raced in some Formula Ford, uh, did some bike racing as well around Brands Hatch, uh, which is very cool. And then yeah, I think that was that was kind of it. And then you know I was born. My parents split when I was about seven or eight years old, so I didn't really have much contact with my dad. And then only, you know, kind of over through the years, I've done a little bit of karting with him every now and then. And then, you know, it's only over this past six months to a year that I've really um, got a good relationship with him now, which is fantastic. So it's... Um, well, it's this yeah, good. It is. It is indeed. Yeah. My, my mum's uh, racing a bit as well, but um, which is cool. Yeah, just speaking in terms of uh, relationships, you know, I have the same thing with you, so I have uh, Sometimes a hard relationship with my father, even if they they keep together with my mom, that was always hard. But yeah. you know, sometimes things happen. My father passed away um, when I was young in UK, and uh, you know, sometimes you, you you think we think, oh, you know, there's so many things that we could do, so many stuff. So you know, on my part, I said to you, I'm a little bit older, and yeah. uh, sometimes we need to we need to put the things out, you know, forget the past and enjoy the time with your father. Exactly. You know, in terms of his life. Let me think about the dreams about for racing. What do you expecting that you want to pick out? 
you dream about doing some BTCC? Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I think I'm, I'm definitely more Formula Two uh, okay. types. I think that is that's kind of the field I'm wanting to go down. I mean, obviously, right now I'll, I'll take any seat already, any test <laughs> or anything I can get. Um, but I think the the goal. Uh, there are many, many goals I have. You know, that I, I think there's no point. I, I don't, I don't, I think if you want to do something like racing or you want to do something that you're really passionate about, you need to be in the 1% of people that think, right, I, I can get to the top. So right now, it's looking very unlikely right now that I will ever get to Formula One because I am okay. 21 or 22. You know, it's very difficult to see how I can get there. But if I end up going now, yeah, do you know what? I'm going to listen to everyone else. I'm not going to get to Formula One. I never will. And, you know, one of my big dreams, and I think one of my big goals is to be the first ever Greek to race in Formula One, the first ever Greek to okay. race in a Formula One. And I want to set up a uh, Greek Grand Prix, something maybe a street track around the Acropolis or something like that in, um, in Athens, which would be very cool. So th there are lots of different goals that I have, you know, maybe be the first Greek to win Le Mans overall um, in, the, in the new hypercar class or something like that. That'd be fantastic. And mainly just to get a really big community in Greece. You know, I, I want to, I would like to be what Ayrton Senna was to Brazil. That's, I, I want to give Greek people, uh, you know, a chance to kind of get involved with something that maybe, that really isn't, you know, that doesn't exist in, in Greece really. You know, I, I think it might be the same in Portugal, but there are a lot of very poor people in Greece as well. And a lot of homeless people as well. And it's, you know, it, these are all things that, I, you know, I don't just want to be known as a racing driver. I want to be known as this guy who did a lot of remote racing, but also helped a lot of people as well. And, you know, really helps people, people that, that need it. Yeah, you remember a little bit of Filippo Kerk. So Filippo Kerk, the driver, is from my town. So he's from Coimbra. And uh, every time you have a chance, he's always with the Coimbra flag. Because a lot of drivers, they drive, but they drive with the... Portugal flag and the airport, but he always has Coimbra on his helmet. You know, on the top of the helmet, he has the, the shield of our city. He yeah. takes the um, his LMP2. Uh, it's yeah. a cool video. Uh, he takes his LMP2 around the city, so it's really really good. He close the town, so you see a LMP2 cargo on the, on the center of the town. <laughs> it's something unique. So for people, Felipe Alquerque, Felipe Alquerque, he drive for the United. He, he drives for United Autosports, and United exactly. Autosports is five minutes from me. I've been to their factory, <laughs> which is really, really, really? cool. Really? Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah he drives. Yeah, he's uh, today on, on Spa. Uh, That's very going. cool. Yeah, yeah he's, and it, it's amazing the video that he, he made. And for us, as um, people from the town, bring a lot of, a lot of good things, because I know a lot of us never have the chance to see the LMP2 car or, you know, more on driving on the town. So yeah. it was quite fun. I, I tell you a story, a funny story. So yeah, yeah. my grandfather came um, to visit me in um, 2019 before the COVID and was the last uh, WEC in uh, Silverstone. Yeah. It was a WEC and a helm. Uh, so Philip Alcair was driving there. I was talking with him on the internet and he gave us the opportunity to go to the boxes and uh, stay there a little bit wow. on the pre see some, some, some race. So we are there, and you know, is a is a is a, a rope for every, for nobody pass to the other side. Suddenly, my grandfather is old; he's eighty five years old. He don't like to use glasses. Mm. He think he can see everything, but he don't see nothing. You know, you know, you know yeah. <laughs> So suddenly, suddenly, the car came to the to changing tires, mm. 
and you can see my grandfather go walking to the <laughs> to the pit. <laughs> so they have to grab him. <laughs> they, have, they have to grab him. Flip on game was very fast to grab him. Yeah, yeah. He, he was already. He was literally. I will say to you. Four meters from the from all the mechanics <laughs> because you went to see. Oh, oh it was so funny, man! Yeah. <laughs> I think everyone on the right was looking and like, because it, it was it's something unique, you know. He, yeah. he can remember he can remember everything, uh, you know. Just I saw in one corner of my eye going walking and going slowly, slowly, you know, like sneaking and going near. Yeah. I think, oh man, it was unique. <laughs> but well, let's think. Kick on and uh, talking about a little bit about your podcast. Mm-hmm. You can say you are going very well. You are in season three. I'm correct. Yep. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. You, I have a couple of listings. I love the podcast about IndyCar and I will kick out a little bit about IndyCar, about how great IndyCar is going. I think yeah. better than F1, if you agree, in terms of racing. I'll be honest, yeah. I this is the first season that I've kind of fully kind of been watching um, IndyCar mainly um, because there's a company that I kind of do a few bits for, whether that's um, kind of uh, at race commentary. So um, last year I was okay. announced by this company um, called Motorsport Radio, and they invited me to go down to Wales uh, to do actual commentary in a commentary box um, for like mini bikes, so um, tiny little mini bikes, and. Uh, uh, that company essentially had the exclusive rights in the UK to stream the audio for IndyCar. It's the only kind of company in the okay. UK that, that can. Um, so I've kind of been w- watching and listening um, through them. And the first race, obviously, I watched was round one at St. Petersburg. And we all know how that ended because, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm quite a big um, Romain Grosjean fan. I, I, I really do like Grosjean. And watching that race with McLaughlin, oh, that that hurt. That that did hurt me. But no, I, I think you're right. It is it is nice to have a spec series that is very very close and tight like that. So Formula One, I think, is more about engineering, more about you know making the most incredibly quick car. But IndyCar is everyone has the same car. Put your foot down, go. And that's exactly I, I, it, it's and uh, it really is good about it. It's not so it, you have, of course, you have the safe uh, safeties, you have everything, but it's less uh, electronic control. It's more yeah. the car is is more car. It's more about the driver. And yeah. I think sometimes F one now is by seasons. You have the season that was Ferrari uh, mm-hmm. two thousand to two thousand four, two thousand five, and after Renault came make a good yeah. car for two years, and after came uh, Red Bull for four years. Yeah. Come Mercedes for eight years. Now you're going to see Red Bull yeah. probably for four years. Yeah. I think four or five years until the other ones have a chance to go. Yeah. So uh, it sometimes gets, I love F1, but sometimes get boring. I don't say boring, boring, but you yeah. know, you know how we're going to attend the race. You know, that this season, Red Bull will have always a podium. Any, any, yeah. any races, only if something goes really, really wrong, but they will have a podium uh, all, almost all the races. And on IndyCar, you don't have that win. Never know what's going to happen. happen. St. Petersburg, yeah. uh, Pato Howard, he was going so well. Alex Pablo was going well. And after yeah. came to the last lap, yeah. <laughs> suddenly yeah. the car go down and power for, uh, yeah, I think, yeah. one I, second. I, I think it was something he, he hit the pit limiter button. So when he hit the pit limiter button, that lit obviously okay. like 35 miles an hour. Yeah, that, yeah. Was, he lost a little bit power. It was enough for Marcus Ericsson. Yeah, to get scoop and, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's funny and uh, you know Long Beach was again another race that was, hmm. was okay uh, the winner was the guy that made pole position everything yeah. was 
was always the same car. But you have Roman Grosjean trying going there, so, you know. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was almost. Apparently, he said that he didn't have enough uh, fuel. He was yeah. uh, just to put the push push to what's the name of the button? Uh, is it the uh, DRS button? Yeah, yeah, yeah push the pass. Push pass. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, it's uh, our DRS. Our, yeah, our, yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> but how you see this explosion on podcasts and in F1 content? Because now it's a lot. Formula One, well, no, podcasts in general have shot up. I, it's, I mean, when I thought I got into the game in, in 2021, I thought that they were booming, but now every there's the same we have in england it's called every tom dick and harry which means like everybody's doing it yeah every tom dick and harry has a podcast now whether it's about formula yeah. one whether it's about something else i mean i it, it's nuts but all the formula one ones that i've seen recently it's mental i mean there's um there's someone that i interviewed um quite recently called christian hugill who's done stuff for bbc radio one he's done um, okay. you know, now he's just doing a podcast with Greg James, who is a big, big radio presenter um, over it. Um, and, you know, their, their fan base is massive already. Uh, he's just got invited to do another podcast called Formula Y, which is uh, brand new from Formula One. Uh, there's Formula One Beyond the Grid. You've got, um, oh, what's the other one? Formula One. Ah, it's, it's the other one. Um, I can't remember, but there's so many now. And even... Yeah, you have P1 with Matt Gallagher. You have... Yeah, we have. Uh, yeah. Oh man, it's uh, the WTF now is going a little bit, yeah, little bit yeah, down. Science, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. science <laughs> left. Uh, unfortunately, it's not the same. No, but, but yeah. I, I think it is very. Uh, I think there's too many people trying to cater to the same niche coming into Formula yeah. One. Yeah, whereas me, I don't see anyone else doing the content that I do. And that is what I love about my content, even if not many people watch it. I mean, you know, I don't have that big a following. I've got a few really dedicated people on Twitter, which is lovely. But it's, you know, it, for me, it's, I want to do something that is different. I, you know, I don't, I don't see any other podcast of somebody doing commentary, for example. Yeah. You, know, you see many other interviews and stuff like that. But um, me and my girlfriend, actually, we're starting another podcast. Or we're, we're starting a podcast uh, together, which is quite a scary scary thing but uh, we recorded it the other day it's about like deep and theoretical thoughts and it's stuff that you know people should be i think p people kind of are uh, like mine and my girlfriend's age so about like 19 to 21 22 it's it is something that people i think kind of need to listen to because it's 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 stuff that people need to hear in our generation but don't want to hear. So whether it's about politics or certain certain things, whether it's about people's mindsets, whether it's about anything, that is what I think people need to hear now. And, you know, all it is, or all you see podcasts now is they are just quite generic podcasts. I mean, there's one podcast that I love, which is mainly in the YouTube scene, um, which is called Jackmates Happy Hour. And that podcast is amazing. There's been so many funny moments, so many brilliant episodes. And the three, the three guests, uh, the, the three hosts are just fantastic. But the explosion of podcasts is, is meant to, it is, it's the new YouTube. And it's even more powerful than YouTube because you can listen to it while you're on the train, while you're working. While we're doing everything, yeah. Exactly. I, I listen to them when I'm driving. So, for example, last year, um, was it last year? No, it was last year. I drove all the way to Belgium, uh, all the way from Leeds, and then drove all the way back. We actually went to Spa and uh, Spa for okay. WEC. Um, and we saw one hour of WEC, and then we had to come back for free, free practice one. That was it. We had to come back after that, sadly. Um, <laughs> but we, 
we, yeah, we, we, we saw it and we went to Spotify. It was fantastic. We drove all the way back and I just had podcasts on the entire time because it's YouTube is very much, I think podcasts are a lot easier because it is just audio, you know, Spotify. Um, yeah, there's like, no editing. A very small break on our interview, of course, to ask you to join me on my Patreon. You know, it is always two pounds. That's two pounds a share, 50% with the Macmillan. So helping me, you are helping other ones and we are helping both of us. Of course, your help is always important, not only on the Patreon. If you don't want to help from that way, you can always join me on my horrible YouTube videos. I'm already honest, I'm horrible on YouTube. I need to help, I need help to understand a little bit because my dementia sometimes is a little bit difficult to learn the new stuff and to um, embrace a little bit more the camera, to know, to communicate better, to uh, not looking so shy and so probably so serious, <laughs> I, would, I would say. But yeah, your help is always important on all these uh, points. But I keep saying, if you want to help me, really join me as a patron. You can go on the lower tires. Like I say two pounds, and that two pounds will share with me and Macmillan. They really help me a lot. Or if you want, you can always go for the higher tire. It's a twenty pounds, where ten pounds go for Macmillan, ten pounds go for me, and from that money, you always go on the quarter of prizes. So every uh, four months, you're gonna have some prizes coming to you. And a lot of things you can make part of my YouTube videos. You can make part of a lot of more on this small community. So please join me and let's kick out and go back to our amazing interview with Alex Bisoli. Yeah, if you, if you go YouTube, the thing that takes time is editing. Mm. Yeah, uh, I have to learn so much about editing. I'm just, I do small videos of YouTube, and just because yeah. I'm like I say, I, I'm home. I need to try to do a little bit for everything and it, it, it entertain me, keep me, uh, give me, give me something to do, you know, and yeah. and keep me uh, a little bit active. Because with the, with the cancer, I lost a lot of it. I getting a little bit of dementia. I forget to do stuff that I do like this. Yeah. So I used to play the DJ for many many years. Mm. I used yeah. to go compete to the deck. I just put the track. I will know how much was the BPM. I will know anything. Now, I yeah, I have to go and remember how to, how to press a button. I forgot how to press the button. Oh, I was, oh. <laughs> it's, it's okay. Sometimes go and come, you know? Yeah, but yeah. YouTube keep me a little bit apart, but it's very, very hard. People think that, oh, you do YouTube, you're going to get money. You're going to get, or you do oh. podcasts, you're going to get money. People need to remember, podcasts, we don't get money for the listens. You get money from sponsors. It's really difficult. It's really difficult. People think, oh, you you have uh, five hundred persons listening. That's nothing. That's not going to give you anything because they don't, they don't pay you for the number of listeners. They pay you yeah. after from the sponsors and yeah. everything. So it's a little bit it's a little bit difficult difficult to and it's hard because so many people doing it. Yeah. And after everyone doing the same content, but yeah. after you see the things that we that when I started speaking with you, that was mm. up and with the pit stop boys, nothing against yeah. them. Um, just to clear, I'm not uh, against them. Everyone do the, the content, everyone do whatever they want. Yeah. But now you see F everyone asking about F1. It's about the personal lives, what they do on the personal lives. Yeah. And I, I, even on F1, I opened today Instagram. The first yeah. thing I opened on Instagram was asking Fernando Alonso about Taylor Swift. 
Yeah, yeah. So. Do I do I have do I do I have to to see that? It's it's I, Formula One. Not quite funny. I know. I, I do find that quite funny. But no, I I agree. I think you know uh, people have two lives. They have their obviously their personal life, and they have their their persona. They have their um, what's the word? Uh, uh, their image. You know, so for example, you know, me now, you know, this is this is me talking as kind of my 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 image. But I I like to merge the two for me because I, you know, I don't like people getting very, very personal, obviously. But when I think it's important that I think we open up about, uh, for example, certain traumas or mental health issues and and, and all, all of this type of type of stuff which i am very open to sharing you know i was uh for example for me you know i don't know how many other um racing drivers or young racing drivers will say this but I, I was diagnosed with depression at 18 um and i was i was put on put on stuff like that and that's for me uh, for now talking about it it's especially as a guy one of my big things is men's mental health because it's so people just I know I know where you come I come from a different world but it's the same thing and I imagine as as a drivers the pressure that you you guys have as a young because sometimes you know I I don't I don't have so many examples but I I saw Philippe Obkerk and I saw Antonio Felix Acosta so that Portuguese drivers Antonio Felix Acosta he have his seat ready to go to F1 I suddenly comes someone with more money not a question of talent with more money and take his in one week he lost his seat. Mm. You know, I, I, the pressure that as a, as a driver that you want to have is in immersion. And it probably as a young person, is really strong. So, yeah. So I'm, I'm glad you, you feeling okay now? You think you oh, feel... Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I'm good. I've, I, honestly, I've, I've never been better now. You know, my, my oh, girlfriend yeah. is absolutely amazing. You know, that's... Uh, it's, it's incredible. That's changed a lot. I have the same thing. Yeah. I, I, mar- I, I married uh, Christina. I met her one year ago. Well, uh, we married. We married after. <laughs> we married after six, seven months dating. But you know the the difference. Sometimes the difference that one person do on your life, you know, on your mental health is very important. And sometimes the person yeah. that you, the, what you have around you, is really, really important. You know, I yeah. think I will not have the podcast. I will not have this one if it was with yeah. other person. Because Christine is the first, the first person to. Okay, let's do it. Let's record it. Oh. Let's do that. Even if she yeah. don't know, she try. You know, and this one yeah. change a lot on our on our lives. And we we need we as a person we always need someone on our side. Even if you are adults, yeah. we yeah. we still need someone on our side. I think yeah. I am yeah. not afraid of saying I've been single for a long time. I can be single. Yeah, single is good. But when you have someone supporting you, someone that yeah. shares the same passion with you is really it's really important. Exactly. That changed the game on everything. You know, the podcast can the podcast don't need to go very well. But if I have a person on the next day, he say, Oh, I listen, yeah. you know, we can we change this one. Let's let's keep going. I think it's going very well. You know, sometimes these yeah. words means more than you have uh, ten thousand yeah. reviews to say it's it is lovely to have, obviously, as you say, like that that's that support with someone. I mean it is, you know, I, I got out of a relationship last year and they they would have never considered doing a podcast with me like, like my girlfriend is now. And it is, it is such a, you know, I, I could sing praises about my, my, my partner for God knows how long, you know. She, but I'll put it this way. She studies law. So that's how, yeah, she, she's smart, way smarter <laughs> than I'll ever be. Um, but it's, it, it's, it's lovely to kind of share that. And it, it's lovely to... I think you don't see many racing drivers being 
uh, you don't see them almost being themselves. I mean, human. For, for me. Yeah, I would yeah, say yeah, human, yeah, yeah. And I will be the first to admit, of course I've got weaknesses, of course there's going to be pressure on me, but for me, my dream is to be kind of seen as a racing driver. That is when, when the, I remember the first time I got in a race car last year, and, uh, sorry, not last, uh, was it last year? God, yeah, yeah, very, very start of last year, so over about a year and a couple of months ago. Um, I remember going to the track for the first time and driving this Ginetta uh, for, the, for the first time. And I remember, you know, I had all my racing overalls on my helmet, my, um, obviously my suit, my, everything was like matching colors. Everything was matching. And I just remember everyone was looking at me and I, I remember feeling I'm a racing driver. Like this is like, everyone's looking at me like I'm a racing driver. This is brilliant. This is all I've ever wanted. And it's, yeah, it's, you know, of course there's going to be horrible pressures in, in this. It is a very money filled sport. It is. And that's what it is. And it's a hard sport, think, you know, it's yeah, really hard. It and, uh, we have, of course, we have uh, people uh, like Hamilton that Hamilton mm. come from a, yeah. a poor background and he managed to yeah. do, but that, that is a story in one million, you know, a lot of people yeah. probably don't remember Ayrton Senna he was a great driver, but Ayrton Senna had a good background as a family, his family, yes. for the Brazilian, they have uh, some income that yeah. helping him. He was a great driver, Definitely. but he had a good income that he could help him. Yeah, you know, sometimes yeah, that's, yeah. that is a part important. But yeah, I could say... It's like Nicky Lauda's story. I, I, I don't know if you've... Yes, uh, I, I, know, I, I know what you mean. Yeah, so it, uh, he took out a, a massive loan to join BRM in 1972, I believe it was. And uh, essentially, uh, he was only obviously young at that point. And uh, he got into such bad debt, he thought he would never get out um, of, of that debt. And one night, I think he just drove his car... Um, on a mountain road and and he I think he said he just put his foot flat to the floor and was going to go straight off um, the cliff and he, he wanted to end his own life and I think something stopped him from doing it whether that was something to his car or whether he just told himself no um, mm -hmm. but you know that that just shows you know Nicky Lauda the great the great the late great Nicky Lauda bless him um, one of the all-time greatest drivers for me I, th I think is um, is Nicky and it just shows that, you know, if someone like that can struggle with mental health issues, you know, every single person can. And that is the reason that I really like Nicky Lauder is because he is very strong. You know, I mean, Jesus Christ, he, he what, six weeks after the Nürburgring crash in... Um, it was nice. I think it was, yeah, I think it was 40, 40 days that they came to Ubesu yeah. Trucks. Yeah, he it's, finished it's... fourth in the Italian Grand Prix. Fourth. With, I, remember, I think I remember seeing things as well when he took off his helmet and all the bandages off. He was like bleeding, he was everything. And you just go, like, that takes a special type of human. And I, I don't know whether any other Formula One driving history could have done something like that. He was just so thin. No, I, I, I don't think so. But you have um, probably this story that you don't, really, you don't know is uh, Ruben Barrichello. After he will now he drove he yes. drive for Stock Car, he had an ABC. Oh, oh no. Yeah, so he had an ABC and he went to the hospital. And after the, I think it was three weeks or four weeks, he was on a stock car doing interlagos and he get in second place. And after, uh, and after everyone asking, why, why are you crying? He's just second yeah. place. Do you want to say it? They say, no, I'm crying because these yeah. days ago, I had an ABC at the hospital. Nobody knew it. And I, he was afraid that he would not be himself again. And uh, so, you know, he went back. 
he, he had that awful accident in well that dreaded weekend didn't he in 94 yeah um, yeah yeah that's uh, where he uh, broke his nose and everything yeah yeah, yeah. Was, i think i think that uh, that weekend was destiny that monza, monza no, sorry imola was uh, yeah it was was absolutely was a, lo- a, lo- a lot of things to happen kicking on and talking about uh, sim racing what mm-hmm. is the shouts about this one it's a big explosion oh. since the covid no Oh, oh yeah, huge, huge. I mean, I, I think the best part, I think one of my favorite things ever about Formula One is the fact that all the drivers became mates through lockdown. They were all messing around, yeah. streaming together. They were all playing the F1 games. And this is, this is a side to these people that you just don't see. You get to see them like, yeah. inside their homes almost. You get to see them being them. You don't see them being the racing drivers. You see them around with the mates on a set of yeah. course crashing into one another and it's it's it was such a lovely thing to watch i mean those clips are iconic now um and it is yeah, i think the more icon- iconic is uh the clerk when his yeah. girlfriend is uh, <laughs> yeah, he's outside yeah. Really. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> i have yeah. to go to the i have to go to the stream <laughs> yes oh, go to the stream to the room say look i'm outside <laughs> can you oh, exactly yeah yes yeah that was and kick out a little bit time. Yeah, because uh, I think DTS brings us a lot of drama that was not existent. Yeah. You know, when you see, oh, they, this driver hates his driver. They, and when, yeah. when you are there on COVID, you see that that is not exist. All of them are friends. You see yeah. Carlos Sainz, they say Carlos Sainz and Orlando, when they was on McLaren the last year, they ate each other and was a lot of problems. On yeah. the end of the season, they, they went to the wedding together. Was a wedding uh, yeah. with uh, when Carlos Sainz's family and Lando was there. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so yeah, yeah so it's weird. But in terms of sim racing, what uh, is your hardware at the moment? Uh, so the thing, the things that I kind of do, um, I, I haven't done anything for quite a while. To be fair, I mean, my my sim okay. is at home, um, and obviously I'm I'm pre- I'm pretty much living at my partner's, um, and obviously this is a a one. It's a studio, so you know there, okay. there isn't there isn't much room for a sim rig, um, sadly. But I think you know I've, I've done uh, like twenty four hours of Le Mans, um, which was amazing. I love doing that. Um, I think my my favorite, which was actually my first ever. Oh no, no, I didn't I didn't do the twenty four hours of, of Le Mans, but I was part of the team because I had to pull out last minute. Um, we did we tried to do the twenty four hours of Spa, but all the servers glitched and everything like that. So there's only like six people um, in our in our thing, and then. We did, oh, what else we did? Yeah, my first one, which I'm, I'm most proud of, and it was my first ever one, was the 24 hours of the Nürburgring. And okay. that, that was my first ever endurance race. The stint I did, my first stint was around 1 a.m. till 4, 5 a.m. or something. So I had the night stint during, uh, I think, lockdown. It, it was during lockdown, which was amazing. And it was, well, I think we drove RS3 uh, and I racing. We're doing. Um, and say no burgering. I think I only had a little bit of contact with the wall every now and then. I think it was about five minutes of repairs in the end. Um, but to say that was my first proper sim racing event, and it was at okay. 1 a.m. and I, I actually put uh, purple LEDs uh, behind my screen <laughs> um, so it would look real. But now I, my sim racing, I've kind of got a rig. Uh, I have a G20, G29. Um, okay. I'm, I want to upgrade to like Mozza type stuff because Mozza looks incredible, that, that type of stuff. But I, yeah, I, I think. Lost I think uh, yeah, That's in terms right. of uh, product and uh, I say price, I think Mozo is now the the best on the, yeah. on everything. I think it's it's quite yeah. cheap for, uh, and do and do everything. Have you been to? 
Sorry, I, I was just saying, have you been to F1 Arcadia in, in London? No, I, I want to go, but uh, because I, my girlfriend, I have always my work for my wife, so then she would like, not kick me in my yes. ass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, she, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah she, we want to go, but after I, I start getting a little bit some days down, you know, and we have to postpone, yeah. but yeah, we want to go there. And I know that everything it is in Monza. It's awesome. Yeah, everything is Mozza. I've I've been very lucky to try it quite a few times now. Um, I, actually, I actually went for New Year's this year. So okay. from 22 into 23. I think it was the first year, obviously, that F1 Arcade was open. So I thought, right, sod it. I'm going to break bank. I'm going to get like the VIP tickets and everything. So we've got like exclusive <laughs> access. Uh, I'll tell you what, Matt Gallagher and um, Tom were both there from, from what is now P1. Um, so okay. uh, I, I had a little talk to them. That was awesome. But um, it was really cool. So all night we were just sim racing all night. And then now they've just introduced, I haven't been since they've just done the new update, um, but they've now got proper pro mode. So before they had like pro, um, which was essentially, it still had ABS. It still had um, auto shifting. And so I know, that yeah, I know what you're a fan of. Um, but now they put like expert mode in, which is everything raw. So I I can't wow. wait to go and try that. Yeah, um, which would be brilliant. Yeah. Went for New Year's, watched, um, went on the roof uh, at midnight, and we could see over the Thames, and we watched the London fireworks, which was something that will sit with me forever because that was right. absolutely incredible. But yeah, back to sim racing. I do a lot of stuff in VR as well, and I've got a um, okay. a video coming on my YouTube. Uh, which is essentially me driving different cars around different Greek circuits. Uh, so I've done like anything from like an M2, BMW M2 type Formula 2 to a Formula 1 car around Greek circuits. I've done all that in VR with face cam and everything. And um, yeah, I've uh, it corrupted about three times. So I've had to re-record it about three times. I'm good about it. But <laughs> I, I'm, yeah, I'm, I want this video. So... <laughs> I know, I know. Sometimes I, I do the videos. The videos look, look okay. I... First, say if I go and after when I start seeing suddenly, or uh, yeah. uh, the FPS drops suddenly when you are recording and you don't see because you are playing, and suddenly exactly. go like numb. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. But you th <laughs> you feel that um, sim racing is any chance to surpass the motorsport? Because a lot of teams are putting a lot of effort. You see the Mercedes, Mercedes now on their on Mercedes sport is is crazy. Mm. They have. Yeah. They have uh, Dan and they, they have uh, Jan Opner. They have everything. Yeah. <laughs> All the good yeah. drivers are there. So you think that there's a lot of money involved, a lot of sponsors involved. So you think sim racing in one way will surpass some parts of motorsport? I th um, I th honestly, I, th I think it probably will eventually because... Okay. The, it's tricky one. It's a tricky question. It's it's tricky, but I think eventually it will because I okay. think there'll come a day, especially now. You know, we're, if, if if we're bringing it back to the real world, sadly, uh, we're in a cost of living crisis, and fuel is going up, everything's going up, and it's just getting to the point where you know even living is becoming on you know really difficult to do. So never mind that. Yeah. So for my part, thank you so much, Alex. It was a pleasure to talk with you, man. It was a great, great talk. I think we have a, we have a lot Thank more you, to talk. I think we could stay Absolutely, here yeah. if, the inter, if the internet allows us. I, I was going to say, if the internet allows us. Yeah, thank you, Hugo, man. You've, you've done for my part, from bottom of art, man, thank you so much for being here. It was a pleasure. And I hope you see, see you soon, man. I hope we see you, you on uh, some tracks. So anytime you go. Absolutely. 
remember yeah. us. And, w- <laughs> and if you go to a track day, I will uh, be pleasure. I will send you some stickers to put on the corner yeah. of the car in any Absolutely. inside of the bumper or <laughs> just put a sticker from us yeah, to yeah, keep, keep us or whatever. Okay. <laughs> for my part, thank you right, so right. much. Absolutely. <laughs> Thanks so much for Alex to join me on this amazing interview for his patience with all these internet dramas that he had on his part that I had a little bit on my, on my side too and of course for sharing his knowledge he's such a young lad with loads of things to teach us loads of things to show us so for my part and bottom of art Thank you so much for this one, but now it's time for jumping in sim racing. It's coming a great, great month in terms of sim racing. Of course, we know that McLaren uh, 720S GT3 have dropped for free on a certain course competizione and that will come to with the new update 1.9.3 that update is bring a minor physics adjustments and rebalance on the BOP the balance of performance for some cars and some trucks and of course bring a new car for free is always something good couple curiosities about this McLaren S20 GT3 EVO that is uh, a V8 engine in, uh, version of the M84 T 4 point liters twin turbo, like I say, V8, that ensuring a proper power to conquer tracks worldwide. I tried the, the car on the game, the car is fast, it's beautiful, but on the corner looks a little bit slow and sliding a little bit. Uh, I would think probably would be my setup, but I saw a little bit on Twitch people speaking and probably could be a mistake some something that would be uh, having a hot fix very very soon so probably it will be something that will be not normal moving on let's speak what we're gonna expect on this month on terms of sim racing and of course a little bit of the arcade racing we know that um esport f123 is coming a new installment that we're talking already about with the breaking point story talk already a lot what's going to come on the game you know the champion edition with max verstappen that's the face of esport not only the f123 will be released a little bit before uh, on june of 13 and june of 16 we're gonna have the official game MotoGP 3 is coming for all the platforms ps5 ps4 xbox x and c uh, xbox one nintendo switch pc vs team so a lot of Will come the MotoGP 23 will introduce new tracks like Sokol and Buda International Circuit. Will bring a new dynamic weather system, allowing races to be affected by changing weather conditions. And will have a turning point system that adds a deep and variety to the player career progression. That is the solid foundation that you know and always is one of the most exciting motorcycle racing game to be launched on this year, a part of the uh, TT Island 3. And I think right for right five, sorry, will come in August as everything is correct. Moving to more simulation level that we like all the time. 2023 season two of iRacing is coming to a close. The Ligier LMP3, knowing as a dentist specialist, has been confirmed as the only new card additional. Additionally, a lot of people were speaking about William Springs might also be including on this new update. 
and when I'm recording the podcast on Twitter, it's been announced that iRacing will do that and will um, William Spring will be part of that. A great news on iRacing 2 is that they made an agreement with FIA, so FIA, and uh, apparently Formula 4 F4 will be on the game completely from the FIA. So really great news, but still expecting to know more about Aragon, Mugello and the Cadillac GTP if they will come as already been mentioned on the community. Of course, not only about uh, new games and news that are coming, as always what you're gonna expect about the uh, new uh, games developing. We're talking about the Renspore, of course, Renspore Summit, as we're talking about, will be take part on the June 3rd and June 4th in Munich, in German, will not allow and crown the eSports champion, but also provide updates on the close beta for the Renspore. The Summit will unveil new cars, tracks hopefully new features for the game, showcasing that it's more than just a GT3 simulation title and the community is eager waiting the announcement on the beta date and all about the news. But of course we have e-racing and e-sport are coming with long strong, I think going to be one great month for this one. ESL R1 Major Final uh, is here where 24 drivers who qualify from the first ever season will compete for the championship title, Team Red Line, as you know, emerge victory. And of course, RHG Esport, Porsche, Wanda, William Esport, and Moss will be uh, having drivers participating. But Team Red Line will have the four drivers there. It's an amazing thing. The major event will spawn on the two days with the Ren Sport, Will Smith, Summer Smith, sorry, and with the first day building up on the points earned during the regular season. Once the top 12 drivers are determined, there will be a soft reset reflecting the standings entering to the final day. The drivers will then fight for points to enter final finalist mode and the first uh, finalist to secure a win will be crowned the inaugural champion. We're gonna still have Porsche tag our the last race gonna be in Monza. You know that Caruso still needs 49 points to secure the title against Jack Campbell and Sebastian Job, Diogo Pinto is a little bit outside of the championship, but we never know, things can happen, one race can change everything, the race will be on 7 with the all-start and 8 o'clock we'll have the final Super Cup. But that's not all, you're gonna have race room experience with the 2.4 hours uh, of GT3s in Ring Nashville, you're gonna have the NASCAR Coca-Cola iRacing series on the 13 and on 27, uh, that will bring a Chicago street course to the game and of course I'm talking about iRacing that you're gonna have AMA style multi-class racing a VCO Grand Slam on the third leg, the six hours of uh, walking land so a lot of things are coming on ESport and I think it's an amazing month but in overall then no we don't have nothing more to talk about what will come on new games or what will come on news because sometimes, you know, during this period, we're still waiting a lot. One of the things we're waiting is if Codemaster and eSport will always release the WRC game. People are eager to know what's happening with that, if we're going to have a full game or not, what's going to happen. So we still have no news. I think just after the eSport um, F1 23 be completely released, that will have any update. In terms of hardware, SimCube Throttle has been designed 
and been work with a firm Epic feedback equipment activated pedal launched last year. I don't know so much about this SimQ throttle. Ah, it's like a spring throttle, but more active. Um, I don't know. I have. Um, I, I would think that was coming as a clutch would be beneficial. I don't know if as. Um, throttle will be good, but let's wait and see what customers' feedback will be. Uh, reviews for we make our uh, evaluation, but I don't think is one of the key points on SimCube. But they know more, more than us and they know what they are doing. And you know, despite we've been a podcast about sim racing on all its ways we always twitch a little bit about motorsport because the two worlds are always related and i will bring always some five keys takeaways about what i saw i saw the monaco grand prix and i saw the indycar so this is going to be my five highlights that i measured from these two amazing races i think on monaco the rain and especially inject excitement of the race that was previously luckily of northworthy moments Max Verstappen's skillful maneuver through 55 laps on the medium tires and keep fending off Fernando Alonso away. Sergio Perez, I think, don't lost all the chances of winning the championship and I think gonna be completely dismissed. Uh, I think the true impact of Mercedes highlight anticipated rates remain uncertain. We are at yet to fully comprehend their power. On a related note, many people speculate about the negative consequences if Red Bull or when Red Bull car was show about their down uh, for part of the car with aerodynamic downforce. I don't think so. And in a future podcast, I will delve in this topic with a former Red Bull engineer, Mark Forster, in two weeks. So you guys will know a little bit more and I will share with you what he say about that. The qualifying drama in Monaco alone, for me, is a proof enough that this race still holds a significant place on the F1 calendar. Forget all the shenanigans of yachts and uh, luxury and everything, I think the race still brings something. Of course, the cars should be smaller, the race the lack a lot of space for overtake, the rain helps a lot to bring more overtaking and that's so 22 overtakes, the maximum since 2011, so is no bad in that point, but still the qualifier I think still the best point. And the last key point was Monaco used to have all the TV direction and TV broadcast. This time we bring uh, F1 take the charge of the TV direction and their house team produced a director coverage brilliant. I think the broadcast showcased familiar elements, newcomer angles, highlights, speed, they have cars navigating during that historic track and saw a lot of breathtaking views as Bow Rivage, Mazano, Casino Square and the swim swimming pool complex. Moving and talking about the Indy 500, what a treat it was at race. 3.5 hours with, for me, the biggest key moment, but I will put outside of the highlights because it was already expected, it was Tony Cannon making his last in the 500 in, uh, uh, with the number 66 and for me it was a magic moment as one of my favorite drivers always but for key moments will be of course Joseph Newgarden victory on the last lap when he decisive, decisive pass 
Marcus Eriksen during the one lap sprint. And one question I have to ask is when they go for that restart, you see that uh, Marcus Eriksen swaved to the left and crossed that pit um, uh, lane line that we have. And I don't know if that is legal or not, of course, was to move away from the Tau that will have um, Joseph Newgarden. I want to know how that thing works, if it's legal them for them to do this type of maneuver. I really don't know and I felt it was a little bit dangerous, but of course it's a dangerous motorsport, that's a part of racing, but I don't know when, if it's not dangerous, when they move on that way into the pit lane and after cross, so you know, it's a little bit tricky because I think the line is there to block it for something, some reason, but I don't know, in terms of racing, three red flags that occurring on the final 20 laps, that's crazy. Of course, you have the McLaren Retro Liveries that celebrating its 60th anniversary and was showcasing three retro liveries on the car on the Indy 500, and that was amazing. You know, that was the number uh, 107 running off in the Indianapolis 500, and of course, for you guys that you don't know, is a 500 mile race. 8.04 uh, sorry 8.04 804.7 kilometers race distance with a spawn of 200 laps around Indianapolis Motor Spain. You know that's the length and endurance required to complete this race is extremely high, but of course not so high as the Le Mans. And another curiosity, this is part of the Triple Crown, as you guys know. Triple Crown B Le Mans that we're gonna celebrate is centenary this year too. You're gonna you're gonna have the Indy 500 and of course the Monaco uh, Grand Prix too. So the only winner right now has been Jim Clark. We're still waiting to know if Alonso will win or even Juan Pablo Montoya as Juan Pablo Montoya missing Le Mans, Alonso missing the Indy 500. But I think my take will be for one of the next ones, if he's putting his mind on this, will be probably Lewis Hamilton that will have a chance to win this competition as he can adapt very well too. Another, another take probably will be Max Verstappen that for sure will try something like this as a eager for titles. So let's see what reserved to us and let's see what that will bring us. But that bring me the close of the podcast. And was amazing to have here Alex Rizzoli with us. Amazing to sharing again other episodes with you. We are on the, our 17 uh, episodes, 17 weeks in a go. So now it's been very amazing to, uh, drive to do it and share it with you guys. Once again, if you want, join me on my Patreon. Join me on the YouTube. And I hope to see you guys around. See you.